0: Kojima and Decima all coming first party. Welcome to Triangle Square a PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett, back and alongside me, Mr. Saw Bridges, bringing you guys Lucky Episode 95. 95. If this is your first time joining us, like we said, we are a PlayStation-driven podcast, so we talk about a little bit of everything as it pertains to gaming as a whole and PlayStation as a business and where we think they should go. You can find us in video format every Monday on YouTube at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST. If you like what we're doing over there, subscribe, hit the notification bell, which is stupid but exists, so you can see when our episodes go live like we say every Monday and every other Friday with our new reader mail uh, segments that we are doing bi-weekly as well as some other stuff that's nearing into production but we'll talk about those more later if you like what we're talking about on here or have any thoughts of your own we'd love to hear them uh, in the comment section below so we can look and see what those things are Uh, if you want to listen to us instead of watching our ugly mugs and you can do so on podcast services be it iTunes, Google Play Music Spotify if you're on Android, Apple doesn't matter you can find us or on PC if you want to find us on SoundCloud that's where we are what we use as a host. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us at Triangle Squared S, or at Triangle S Q R D on Twitter, uh, and you can also. Find us on Facebook in our Facebook group, which is Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. You can ask to be joined into that, and we will gladly accept you. Saul does not have Facebook, so don't expect to see him on there. Nope. If you would like to join our day-to-day, moment-to-moment conversations, do so in the Discord channel that we have, which we have linked below. Uh, and if you want to support us on Patreon, you can get some cool stuff where you change you know, your, your name in Discord if you want to join into that as well. Uh, you can get some cool custom cases along other things that we are slowly working in. Uh, starting with this one, Reader Mail will go out first to our patrons and then... Co- on a Monday and then we'll come out Friday for everyone else. Uh, And let's see lastly. Oh yes. If you listen to us on iTunes, consider giving us a review helps people find us, helps get our numbers up there. And of course it helps us know what you do and don't like about the show. We love hearing the feedback. We love seeing the feedback. I try and check it as often as I can, even though I don't have Apple stuff. So checking iTunes reviews is harder than you'd think. I have to go on my specific computer and be like, okay, where's iTunes at? Let me do all this. But with that said, I think it's time we go ahead and move into the show. Saul, I think we can both clearly say one thing we've been saying. So before one, one thing we've been playing. So before that, let's go ahead and talk about anything else we played this week. So what you been doing? Diablo three and Dark Souls three. You played? Oh yeah, I forgot. Okay, so you got Diablo three on Switch, right? Well,
1: it was, it was half a joke. So instead of playing Destiny two and Divinity two, I'm playing Dark Souls three and Diablo three. But yeah, I did. Pick oh yeah, up. so
0: you you moved up. So next you have to just be playing some fours.
1: Yeah. I I wonder what that would be, but. Uh, I did pick up Diablo 3 on the Switch, so I've been playing a good amount of that, but I didn't really didn't play a whole lot of Destiny 2 this week. I uh, started on like Tuesday night, I think, uh, at the weekly reset, and I grinded with Joe and the Forges for about an hour or two, but yep. I think that was the last day I played Destiny 2. Uh, since then, it was pretty much Diablo 3 and then, of course, Anthem, but we'll get onto that when you're done. What have okay. you been playing?
0: Yeah, I played Destiny 2 a little bit with Mr. Jason, and uh, let's see, I don't think I played with anybody else. I think Joe, uh, we technically were in a party with him for a small bit, so um, did that. I went on to, let's see, I'm at, I don't know where I'm at in Iconoclast because it feels like it's an ending that doesn't have a credit sequence, which is entirely possible, so I won't go, go into too much, but anybody who's played Iconoclast, there's a big moment that happens at the end of the game and then you come back to Earth and like you just, the game acts like you're waiting for something to happen like this impending doom or whatever, but it hasn't happened and there's no credit and there's nothing that's telling me where I should or shouldn't go and I've been I've been exploring and nothing is happening and I'm just kind of like, huh all right then so i don't know if it's one of those things where it's a mechanical drive that like technically i've reached the end of the game and then all this does is putting you back into the main world with all your powers and you can go ahead and clean up everything or maybe if i I don't really understand i'm gonna push a little bit more through but um with that being said i played a little more assassin's creed odyssey but the game continues to annoy me more as the level requirements just jump every time, and then I've already talked about it, but what I ended up finding out, and I know that some people have different points of view on this, I know Blake said he felt differently, um, but I saw this from a number of people after I looked at and saw it. I went through the store on accident, which you access, like you access by going to the pause menu and then hitting right on the D-pad. And I got in the store, and I was like, "Oh wait, this isn't the menu." But I was like, "What's in the store anyway?" Because there was a cool armor piece. I was like, "Oh, it's cool." Just for you know, if it's if it's all, I'm like, it's not a PvP game, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. I was like, I wonder what this is. And I went through, and I saw a tab that says "Time Savers," and I was like, "Oh, of course." Okay, okay, what does it do? And I found one that says uh, a gold boost. And I was like, "Oh, that makes sense." Not that I mean, not gold is a problem in this game because I have plenty of it but then it said an uh, XP boost it's permanent it's $10 and it gives you 50% more XP the entire game once you purchase it and then i looked it up and pretty much everybody agreed that the game really drags and i and i know that Blake's standpoint whenever we talked about it in discord was that in his opinion the game is a, the game is an RPG and alongside that they're wanting you to play these side stories and whatnot I have a little bit of a different view on this because I played a lot of the side quest and I'm still woefully behind randomly. I played the whole game a little underleveled because I was trying to move through it before Kingdom Hearts 3. I thought, oh, surely I could do this in three weeks. Um, And even with playing the game a lot in three weeks, it hasn't happened. So what ended up going on is, uh, so I was like level 26 uh, doing a level 28 story mission. I was like, okay, that's not that bad. Immediately, the next mission that came up after that, it's a story related mission, is level 35 required. And I was like, that's a huge jump. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I started looking around and even with me doing ever since that moment happened, I got from level 26 to right now I'm level 32, I think. Um, and I'm just at a point where I can kind of do these things, but I still am three levels under what the recommended is. I can do the quest at that. They're not, you know, if anything's five levels over you, they're considered a red skull. And if they hit you once, you're pretty much dead. Um, and anyway, that's that's lame. I mean, it is what it is, but, I get that it's in the goal of an RPG, but I guess my idea is that I've played plenty of RPGs that don't obstruct you from playing the main story and forcing you to play their side content, uh, side content. Because in my mind, there's two things about Assassin's Creed. I don't think that most of the side quests I've played have been that good. I actually think the main story, when it's hitting its strides, does a lot better and it's far more interesting. But I think the secondary thing is that to me, side content is supposed to act as side content. So a, a great game of not, the, yeah, not it's a, supplementary experience. Yeah, it's once not you forced. play the experience, once you play the story, if that's what you want to play, then you have an easy enough like you, you not easy in terms of that, but you roll through the story and there's nothing that's tertiary tertiary that's playing a role into this. There's nothing that's not really required. There's games like Skyrim does it this way where it introduces side content through the main story. So right. like you meet. The person who you know who does a Thieves Guild in the main story—they have a role in the main story. You go on about them, but then now you know them and you know the Thieves Guild exists. So then, once you get through with that, or if you decide you want to stop from the story for a second, you can go do the Thieves Guild. That's cool. It's completely supplementary and it doesn't—it's not required. You don't have to complete it to move through the quest. Well, this game is forcing me to have to go out and either play. Tons of side quests, half of which are really just not that good. Are their contracts that you can get uh to get little bits of information, like, oh, well, I guess this person wants me to go kill another merchant because they're a merchant and they're worried that this other person's going to sell this great. Uh, so they're not even they... like fun quests or. Really. Well, that's one. Then the other ones, like you know, really shallow story side quests, like, oh, my brother's trapped on an island and I need you to go get him. They don't to me. And maybe I haven't played all of them, but I played a lot of side quests and most of them do not have any substantial story weight. And I don't even mean to the main story. I just mean in and of themselves. They're not really fleshing the world out for me in any greater way. Besides maybe the contracts making me think that this whole world just wants to use mercenaries in whatever way they see fit, kill anybody they want to for the sake of competition. Um, but I just don't feel like it's, do, it's not adding to the experience for me. All it is is, more to make me play the game which is an admittedly fun game to play from a gameplay stance but it's just yeah it bothers me that it's like that because i've read so many places where even certain uh media outlets were saying that in their opinion they feel like the game that when you buy that and play with it it feels like the game the way the game was intended to be played which is crappy yeah. to me you know, now if they made the game play like that, where you move through, and you're almost always going to be, as long as you're doing a decent bit of stuff, you're you're always going to be within two levels of the mission that you're on, as long story mission wise, as long as you're doing your thing. Cool. It would have flowed better. Yeah, it would have flowed better. But and then if you wanted to pay for a fifty percent boost on top of that, so that you're always at level or above, cool, that's fine, that's no problem. But it obviously makes it feel like this game. Is just full of fluff for the sake of making you full of fluff and trying to drive you towards being like, well, maybe I will buy that ten dollar stupid thing. You know what I mean? Um, well, it annoying, sounds a lot like what uh, Shadows of Mordor had to deal with.
1: It works
0: way worse because well, Shadow they, of Mordor Sh- shadow moved of Mor- through its main story. The, the thing about Shadow of Mordor uh, War that I think you're talking about, yeah, Shadow of War, is the uh, I can't remember the exact name of it, but at the end to get the true ending, you had to go through the Shadow Wars or whatever. Um, so yeah, I think well they, they ended up changing a lot of that. Mm-hmm. They ended up like
1: taking a lot of the difficulty and stuff down in, in patch updates towards the end of the game. Yeah, and those were conquest
0: which, battles, which exist in this game. And actually, it's funny that you say that because one thing I like about and this is a, technically a tangent off the point, but it's funny that you bring up that game because the original Shadow of Mordor and then Shadow of War even borrow a lot of stuff from not only the Batman games but also the the Ubisoft game structure. And now you're seeing this game Odyssey, and this is one of the things I like about Odyssey. Borrow some of that back over. So they've introduced that mercenary system, man. Maybe I've said this on the podcast. I don't think I did. Mercenary system. Where there's a mercenary system where you can move through and you kill mercenaries, and there's a a leaderboard. Essentially, system. It's very yeah. It's very similar to that, except for when you kill the mercenaries, they are gone. But they have names, pre-registered names. They walk around. You can see them on the map even when they're not after you. When you get a bounty, that's really cool. People will come get after you. You can see where you stand against them and ones that eventually fight if you keep going as you level up yeah, and I like that it, idea it's so there's things that, that it, it borrows from and it, the conquest system the conquest and Shadow of War were fun and very few of them had to be done to complete the main story Right. Um, it was more like well we're going to let you do this one show you what they are and then if you want to do them past that you can uh, and this game has got conquest battles in it where you you show up in an area and you can weaken the uh, the leadership that's under. So you'll get somewhere and it'll be under either Spartan leadership or Athenian leadership. And you can burn war supplies and stuff like that. Kill the, the leaders' soldiers. So if it's under Athenian thing, you can kill Athena soldiers, and you'll lower the city's. Uh, essentially the power of the leadership over the city. And eventually you can kill the leader, which will get it so low that you can spur a conquest battle and you can either spur a conquest battle and defend the the leader that you just screwed over, or you can go and try and take over with the opposing. So in that case it'd be Spartan, but it's a cool gameplay mechanic, but it ends up feeling like you need to do these things in order to reach level with the way the game was. So, um, I know that was a real a, a, a tangent, but where were you going at with uh, Shadow of War in general? Well, I just said, I
1: know a lot of people were upset that Shadow of War had that kind of mechanic in it, which you could buy XP boosters mm-hmm. and gold boosters. And even the and they boosters
0: it, of your, of because your, you know when you were doing your conquest battles, did you ever play the game? Nope. Okay. When you were doing the conquest battles, you essentially assigned uh, lieutenants or whatever you want to call them. That would be like your main people. Um, and you could get those... By like a loot box thing, where you could pay for orcs. That was another system that was in there.
1: Yeah, I'm glad all that stuff was gutted out. Yeah, so they, they changed. I may it all. actually
0: play it again. Uh, even, I, but even then, I'll say this: I played that whole game and never had this problem. Yeah, I never felt like oh, the game is keeping me from doing something. Uh, the only thing was, if you wanted to see the true ending, you had to you had to beat all the Shadow Wars, which was made a lot easier if you just paid for the best orcs. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder was 8.99 from some place. It's cheap yeah it's gone on sale because it didn't do as well as I think they wanted it to, uh, but you can get it pretty cheap, so it's it's a fun game, but yeah, it's a problem I think with that type of game in general. it just really put a sour taste in the game in my mouth outside of that because if that wasn't an issue in the game, I think the rest of the game is pretty fun, you know what I mean yeah, I don't expect this is what I, was, I don't expect Ubisoft games that are made very quickly to have really great side quests, so I don't begrudge the game for having side quests that to me aren't really additive to anything in the world. But if you're going to force me to play them to keep up with the main story, which is actually the interesting part, instead of it being supplementary, then it ends up kind of being mad to me. I may funnily, go back and finish it, but who knows?
1: Funnily enough, uh, it seems like the default price uh, for this game... Oh, no, it's still $50. But it's on sale all the time? For $12.49. 12, 12, you should pick it up. It's funny you because have Shadow of Mordor is more expensive than that game is, which tells you which game did better than the other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we both played Anthem. You got to play more than I did. Yeah, I only got to play for about four hours total. I had internet issues last night, which was Friday night, Hmm. and I just could not figure that my internet issues out. So I ended up watching Gone Girl, John Wick, and what was that movie called? Uh, It's a movie with Jason Bateman, and there's like a stalker guy who's like after his wife. It's a real good movie. Uh, And I watched Jason Bateman's a good actor. Yeah, I watched all three of those last night uh, on Blu-ray, and. I pretty much just ate pizza and chilled and played a little bit of Diablo on Switch. So I didn't get to play the first night of the beta at yeah. all. Um, uh, Well, I technically I got to play like two hours. And then I played two hours today before my screen, or no, my screen, my speakers on my TV started messing up. So we just got back from Best Buy, got a brand new monitor to play on. Gonna play it when I get home after I spend some time with Annie. And I feel like we're gonna play tonight with maybe me and you, and RJ, and uh, some other people. So from what I played of it, it's pretty good. Uh little complaints in the performance area, but I'm not gonna be like the people I see on Reddit and Twitter saying I paid a hundred dollars for this. You didn't pay a hundred dollars for this, you paid a hundred dollars to play the game. The VIP access is available for anybody who just pre-ordered the game at sixty. Um, so you're not losing anything at all by the, the beta or demo. It's not even called a beta, it's a demo.
0: which is bad wording in my opinion it is bad wording. demo creates the illusion that that this should be what you're getting with the final game and one thing that i don't think saul knew either but i just learned uh, i think this morning um is that this is a two-month-old build uh which is not surprising i knew that it couldn't be an incredibly new build considering what the purpose of it is uh but yeah it's definitely interesting that you know, people, I don't think I would have ever chosen, chosen the word demo because demo implies that you're demoing the final product and that's not what's going on here. So, eh.
1: yeah, I mean, I'm having a good time with it. Everything feels fluid when it's not feeling janky. And I feel like, I don't know if this may be fixed. <laughs>
0: what? That's just a funny statement. Everything feels fluid when it's not feeling janky. Yeah. When it's not feeling janky. But I, I do have a, I do have
1: a tip for people who are playing on 1080p screens, go in and turn your pro enhancements off. I did just read it on Reddit too, that that does help fix out things. I did that just trying things out because
0: it fixed my problems in DOS too. See, that's what's funny is that, so Saul, yeah, he, he asked me when we were talking about it, the little bit he played, he's like, did you have a lot of problems with performance out in the open world? I said, like, no, but I have been, I, A, I got an OLED TV finally, like a three-year-long dream come into fruition. So I've been playing on that since this started. Um, we both got visual I've upgrades this weekend. Always, <laughs> I've always, even then, uh, since I've had my PS4 Pro, I've always been on a 4K HDR monitor. So I think that, you know, it, for Saul, I get that the, the issue seems to be stemming from the fact I think that
1: it's trying to upscale what's currently there.
0: He's playing on a, he's playing on a uh, 1080p, 1080p screen. So where it's trying to pull, it, lo- it seems like the issues are more in the 1080p side of the pro sides. So if it's turning off pro, that was exactly what they told me to do. Uh, I had to turn off pro enhancements for, because um, it didn't it didn't support 4K. I had to turn off pro enhancements for uh, Desk Gambit to get it to run right. Yeah,
1: and that's I, it's still messed up on me. But yeah, like that's a very common thing that I guess pro enhancements, Uh maybe the developer just doesn't code properly to 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 worry about that, but I'm not too sure because Desk Gambit and Divinity Two run better with Pro Enhancements off.
0: Well, Desk Gambit was their first the game's first studio the studio's first game. Uh it was made with Game Maker. Uh it's actually something I'm moderately fluid in whenever I or at least whenever I was messing with game making. So I find that interesting. I think it's a little more it's it's more reasonable that they would have problems with pro enhancement. Uh, but I think it's more odd that Divinity two being a a studio that got a lot of acclaim with the first game, having problems with it. But yeah, apparently it seems like the preferred way to have a PS4 pro is to actually have a 4k TV that can utilize it. Well,
1: Yeah. yeah. And, um, if you are playing normal like pro enhancements on 1080p is 30 locked but if you if you take that off it becomes unlocked so i'm gonna assume that it's i
0: wonder how high it can go because they probably around 40 or 45 they made a big deal about frames. saying the fact that it is not a 60 frames per second game in 1080p on pro or the one x either of them uh which is very similar to, to destiny 2 you know people were saying well why doesn't the pro let me choose between 4k 30 and 1080p 60 it's like because it doesn't matter if this game had crossplay, i would get it on pc like 100% because sure. it is 60 on PC. Sure, yeah, beautiful. yeah, absolutely. I mean, unfortunately, I don't see that ever happening. I don't I don't either. But, so
1: like, and by the time, if it ever does, cross saves probably won't be a thing. Well,
0: see, the the one reason, and this is, and then I'll go into my experience playing it, but that is an interesting point because the one thing that I think a lot of people are kind of discounting uh, from this game, or at least not taking into account, and I wonder, did you ever even stop to think about the fact that this game does not have any form of PvP at all? Not yet. I mean, according to them, they don't intend to have it.
1: No, it's not that. It's that they're looking into adding it after the game launches. Post-launch? Yeah. Let me me check myself. Fact check myself. Well, I mean,
0: I could definitely be wrong on that, too. But it is interesting that this is a game that at least early on is not trying to sell you on a PvP experience. So if it doesn't have PvP ever... It's unclear if it'll be... um, Ever added? Okay. Dude, if they took Mass Effect 3's PvP... And put in the game I'd be happy I know a lot of people like the online for Mass, uh, Mass Effect 3 but see what's interesting about that is crossplay would be less of an issue in a game like this in comparison to Destiny Destiny would be yeah, no people running at 60 frames edge. per second as well as uh, the items you know we talked about exclusive items with Playstation 4 and whatnot, and how it would be unfair that people on Xbox would never have those weapons or whatever uh, even if they're not game breaking so it's one of those things where this game would actually be a perfect candidate for it, but I still just don't see it happening. I mean, I don't know. Is there any other EA game that has crossplay, even off PlayStation? I don't think. that. Does EA have cross-play between NBA 2K18 on Switch and Xbox? I don't know. There is an update to this, though. It says, BioWare exec- executive
1: Casey Hudson told uh, Jeff Kegley on YouTube's Live at E3 show that Anthem will not have PvP at all and will focus solely on PvE experience for players. See, that's where I think it may even be better for them to do. Oh, because Mark uh, Dara said no PvP at launch. So I guess they actually talked. This is kind they, of cool. they like de- clickable link. Yeah, they
0: decided it. to actually make it. They decided to clarify. Yeah. I think and that's they, smart.
1: And they are doing a lot of, uh, which is weird. They're doing a lot of fixes for this demo, which has me kind of scared. Well, they
0: have to because open the open demo is happening next weekend. Yeah. So, so if they don't have them lined out for the VIP, they're going to have the same problems into the open one. Right. And of course, the bigger thing is they just want people to be able to experience the game and the biggest way to sell somebody in your game is just let them play it i will say and if you can't even play it like some xbox players are having issues with one
1: flaw that i think they kind of misstepped on is um i'm not gonna say names but a couple of the people that work at bioware went on twitter just handing out codes in like mass droves they had like 10 codes per screenshot and they did that like saw, six or seven times i saw i don't think that's right for a vip demo because i think that the image implies system, that it's not vip well, well, okay, not only that, but it's like, okay, so the people who pre-ordered a game got a key, and they could have bought three friends. I think that that system's fine, but when you have just going out and giving out anybody who doesn't have a game pre-ordered or whatever that could be, when you have server issues because of overpopulation, it's like, well,
0: this shouldn't have happened because all these people should have played. Now that, and that's only one problem Against the rest of the that problems was the that are happening. First, yeah, they but had that, a, was the for
1: three hours yesterday. Biggest was, problem. It was uh, delayed, essentially. That's why I'm kind of hoping they. Well, it wasn't for me because Monday.
0: I played it at lunch. It went live. For a majority of people. Yes. I actually managed to get in it after about 35 to 40 minutes uh, after it went live. And then I haven't had a problem getting on since. Thank yeah, you. a majority of people
1: had a very big, like two to three to four hour delay of not being able to sign in. And Xbox was one of the main. Um, yeah, Xbox uh, had it worse than everything. Yeah, yeah, because you would go to the home screen and it had the answer. Anthem that has it kind of fades in mm-hmm. uh, the lettering in the font of Anthem and then there's no button to press. Yeah. It would just there. be nothing. Yeah, it'd yeah. be promptless. So um, I, wanted, I do want to know, though, I guess like if you guys are playing, I guess by Monday, unless it got extended, you've already played it. Mm-hmm. Let us know like what you thought, because I am always interested in hearing uh, what people think about this. I am really enjoying myself despite the flaws, because I'm hoping that they don't have it. One of my main concerns of the linearity of the game uh, it has been completely abolished now. The enemy designs are really, really cool. Uh, the game feels like a bullet sponge. That's really hard not to do with these type of games, but it feels fun while I'm playing.
0: And not everything's bullet sponge. I came across a so.
1: tanker, like a tank walker, that reminded me kind of the spider walker from Destiny. But I don't know if you fought that enemy. Yeah, you did, because it's the second story mission you could do. The one that walks around, that thing had probably tens of thousands of HP. And like it, we probably said that with three people for probably, I'd say 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, dude, I was doing 14 damage to each leg, and that was a crit damage. Everything else is doing zero.
0: Yeah, that wasn't happening to me, so yeah. I don't know.
1: I don't know if that's a glitch. I don't know if it Should was be. I don't know if it's cause they whenever they put that thing in there and it wasn't supposed to be in there. Well, I'm assuming it is
0: because you you fought it. But I mean, I honestly I don't remember exactly what you're talking about.
1: It's when uh you are Is go- it a
0: robot or is it a normal it's a robot. being?
1: That's a robot. It's it's a it's it's a tank. It has like a big old goss turret on the top of it, and it shoots out a red laser that then shoots a thing, very similar to the spider tanks of destiny. It has a thing where it shoots out missiles in burst patterns, like where four come at you, and it's like one, two, three, four, and then it stops. Okay, I think I remember this. Yeah, now. yeah. Okay, I got and you. And it's it's uh, it summons l- a lot of scars. Yeah, when you're fighting it. Okay, um, I do know what you're talking um, about. I died now. like three yeah. times during that, but yeah, that that one took a good while, like for what the boss was. Uh, but it was still fun to play. It It felt very natural, even though it was a bullet sponge. Cause it's, it's impossible to be bullet sponges in games like this. Yeah. 100%. I guess,
0: so I'm going to go before we talk about the rest of the issues that I experienced and probably you to an extent as well. But before we talk about that, I guess I'm going to say just my general thoughts about the game and explain it to a couple people who maybe are still on the fence about it and don't know if they want to waste their time next weekend when the, when the demo goes open for pretty much everybody. Um, I think, you know, the the number one thing I'll notice is that the game is markedly better looking than any other game of this style that I think is currently out. Uh, outside of maybe The Division. I think The Division does a lot in the same uh, area of trying to be way more detailed. And I'm not saying that that has to be some, it's just something to note. I mean- You're talking about for marketing. I just mean in general. I mean, I gotcha. think that when you look at, you know, I said like, maybe it doesn't matter to most people, but when I talked about you know how Destiny 2 had like, straight lines where you could see where the water ended and the ground started instead of it going like where you see the ground go into the water instead it was like the water doesn't affect the terrain around it. The water is just there. And when you step in it, it doesn't really do anything. Like, yeah, Bungie's you never don't been get the, wet.
1: Gr- the greatest with graphics. Well, yeah. I say that, but like- Well,
0: that's it's, it's that's not even, I guess it's not graphics as much as it's immersive detail, you know? I mean, that's those are things like, you know, I know a ton of people who got caught over the idea of Uncharted, the very first one, being like, dude, when you go into a waterfall, you get wet. And if you step into a pond, you get wet, but not your whole body, just up to where you stood. That was crazy at the time. People like those kind of details and considering that we started getting them with the beginning of the PS3 it's not crazy that people would want brand new games that cost $60 to come out to have at least a smidgen of detail right obviously it's not been a huge you know staying on destiny two because the game's gone on to do fine or destiny one even to be said but it's just to be noted that i think this game has a lot of small detail that i really appreciate the game is very lush and pretty i think it has far more full environments not necessarily with enemies but i think full from a sense of where it does look like a place that has been lived in destiny obviously has different worlds and they kind of play off of that and they can utilize that but the game's very lush, very pretty. It ran smooth for me on on PlayStation 4 at 4K, however they do 4K in this game and with HDR on. I've enjoyed that much. I think the, where I, I don't like the idea of the, of the fort that much because it's first person and it feels very forced and slow. Um, and you kind of walk too slowly, in my opinion, in the fort. Yeah, you do um, move a
1: little too sluggish. I had fort. that
0: same... Maybe this is me. I had the same complaint in Red Dead Redemption 2 when you're walking around the camps. You just feel like you have... a
1: My big thing is is the camps... The last, like, Remember, I didn't play... That chapter much, three. Yeah. Camps were much smaller than this area is. This, sure. this is multi-level. This is way bigger. It's way worse. It's far more noticeable. Yeah, this is a much bigger area. Yeah. Uh, so, And I know there's a lot of games that typically do that, or even uh the more frustrating brother of itself in which when you are playing a uh any form of third person game and you all of a sudden you have a phone call and you have to sit there and take the phone calls you walk around real slow. batman was the worst game series
0: about that and it forces you to walk slowly out of, the, yeah. out of random it's like why well, like- can't yeah it's it's weird i've seen plenty of games do that but uh moving on the next things, I think uh i had a couple of performance issues in the thing not bad it just felt a little sluggish Uh, in the in the fort which is weird because there's nobody else around and it's like they're and it looks really good but it's almost like they're trying too hard to make it look and feel good so it just ends up feeling sluggish uh hopefully that's fixed and it doesn't feel so bad and you can move a little quicker but outside of that i think the the meat of the game that people are going to care about is once you move into the actual open world for me i had no problems i mean the game ran great and what i loved about that is that I've said this to pretty much everybody. My first remark of the game, and I was really worried about it prior, is like, how is flying going to work? How's it going to feel? How's it going to tie into all the gameplay? Does it feel fluid with everything? The first thing I noticed is as soon as you spawn into the very first mission that you're doing into the game, or if you decide to do free play first, you'll you'll summon on this platform and the first thing you're going to do is jump off of it and either fall to the ground or fly. The game, at least as far as the demo goes, does not do a good job at explaining anything of how you're supposed to do anything to you but as soon as I clicked the analog stick and realized that that's how I flew, I was like, oh, this feels good. Yeah, uh, and jump, like hovering with L3, like, and you could do- them- Or R3. L3 is how you start flying. If you want to hover, you have to no, hit, you it, click R3. If in. you
1: just jump and hit R3, you,
0: or L3, you hover. No, yeah, you're on right, R3. Yeah. I don't know why I'm- Yeah, but I think Saul, what Saul's getting to is that, if everything feels, I don't need to say weirdly, because it's really not, I was just surprisingly intuitive is what I will say. I didn't expect to immediately hop into the game and feel so at grasp where as soon as I started moving, I was like, okay, this feels good. I understand where it's going. Um, And that's pretty much the story across the board. As soon as I started shooting, uh, it was weird for like a, you know, slightly getting used to for just a couple seconds. And now I'm like, you know, as soon as that was done, I was like, oh, I've got this. I'm good at shooting everything. I understand the limitations of the game. As soon as I started flying and just moved the analog stick a couple times, I was like, okay, I feel this exactly. I understand the limitations. and I think what Saul was getting into is that he was worried the game was going to be really linear and you're just going to fly between I thought pockets it, of enemies. Yeah, I thought
1: it was basically a tunnel. And the tunnel had depth and width, basically. And that was it. And you're stuck in this tunnel to explore in. But in reality, when you Our get Or depth to, and height, not width as much. Well, I was going to say it, wideness of the area.
0: I mean, it can, but yeah, I, go ahead. But I, I yeah, like that whole
1: entire... Like, I thought that was how the game was going to be. And like, if you go watch the trailers and stuff for it, they all seem to have... A very like the, it was always two people and they always seem to stick together. And I was like, I wonder why I wonder if they can't fly to the left and right too far. Yeah. But it turns out you pretty much can. And the only real barriers you ever walls. I've not come across other than height of a, of an actual barrier. Except for one that I'm going to assume is, is just a, it's, it's like a big old Canyon that you can't go into. Yeah. Which makes sense. Cause it's in the it's in like kind of an edge of the map in a way. Mm-hmm. It's an edge of a place. I should
0: not map but of a place in the map
1: yeah um so yeah. that was my main concern about the game i think i've said that before on the show um, yeah
0: and i think one of the things you also mentioned about is uh well i can't remember the way you described it uh, but essentially natural discovery this idea that while you're playing the game that you can find random things and random places and hidden items and cool things that you may see yeah dude that's, um, that's
1: one of the best things about destiny is that like those and especially when Bungie does it right is like those surprise quests that pop up and you're like what is this for And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, this is a quest for an exotic weapon. Like the um, Whisper of the Worm quest. You've never done it, but the the way that that works is one of the coolest quest lines in Destiny 2.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, eh. yeah, but I mean, I thought that was cool in general. You know, me and they didn't show a lot. We didn't. We, me and Saul didn't know if there were going to be chests in the game. where you are going to have incentive to fly around random places on the map? If it how big it was in order to find these chests. And I'm happy to say that one of the things I loved a lot about playing the demo, uh, I was flying around and I came across this big waterfall. Uh, and one thing I'm going to plug in about the, that real quick is that I love the way this game handles the, it. It's so much more logical because it's not trying to be Destiny. I'm, I'm gonna use the word confines in a weird way, even though realistically it, it leaves them a little more open, but they can find themselves with this space magic thing. And so they don't really worry about the way a lot of mechanic, a lot of the way that the world would mechanically affect what you're doing. But this game instead goes, well, this is a suit. There's things, there's reasons that you're doing this. So when you're flying, you have a little bar that you can see that slowly fills up and it'll start to get red. And that's when you know you're about to overheat and you need to either quit flying because it'll make you fall out of the sky which won't hurt you, but you can't use any of your uh, grenades or any of your special abilities when you're overheated and you're cooling off. Right. Uh, but one of the things I loved about this is that standing in water in the game... Cools you. Cools you, and you'll see it come you, up, cool yeah, down. Yeah, you're to get a cool down uh, buff. And it means that while you're even doing it, you can't overheat. So that extends even more to when you're flying and you see water that's falling off of the edge of a cliff or something, you can splash under it and it completely get rid of your yeah. bar and that can it makes it to where when you're flying, you're not just flying in one direction. You have to play this management game of like, well I'm gonna look for the opportune spots to stop real quick and either land so I can get a little bit of my cool down back and then fly again or i'm going to look for water and things to actively cool me down i thought that was really cool but anyway i I went into the waterfall and i kept flying because it cooled me off even though i was about to overheat and i was going in between it's a very narrow waterfall and like a cavern behind the waterfall and i was like okay great maybe this leads somewhere and i hit a wall uh towards the end because i was like oh there's nothing here and i was trying to like quickly turn around and what ended up happening i hit the wall and i fell and i was like wait this water is deep enough for me to swim i'm not just standing in it so then i just went underwater and like you can boost underwater which i thought was cool and i boosted down and there was a chest on the ground i thought this is cool i'm cool it's weird that i found this Uh, and there's parts that you can find when you're walking around and you can get uh, parts that are for your build you can get parts to craft with because crafting's in there the game is surprisingly fun i mean that's i guess even the free play ideas were pretty interesting. Things that took me a little bit of time to get used to, uh, as, a, as an appearance like Destiny, the way they handle it is obviously the Ingrams. Uh, but even then, most of the time when you get an Ingram, what are those called in this game? I don't know. Rewards. Yeah, they have like little. They're like the diamonds, basically. That pop yeah, up. Yeah, but they don't have a name because you don't. There's nobody. They're not encrypted. You don't have to go take them to anybody and encrypt them. You, you just you well, don't get them until the end of the the which quest. Is a
1: problem. I don't know if you know this or not. If, and I, I hope they fix this, if you are in a quest and you have one of those drop and you get booted out for any reason and then you cannot join that expedition back for some reason, you don't you, lose it. You, don't. you do lose it. I, you 100%, you lose it. the rewards.
0: The reason I want to say 100% is that multiple to, times, I'm just going to tell you and now you can say what you want, but this is experience that me, RJ, and Vernon all had last night. Okay, so... We were playing stronghold last night. Remember I told you about that. And we kept getting blue screens and kicks and everything. And then we ended up losing out from that. What people aren't realizing is that, and I'll go into why. So if it kicks you and you don't go back into it, when you go into your forge, you do not have the rewards yet. What you have to do, and this is exactly what we figured out, we were worried, we were like, we're gonna lose all our rewards, but we noticed it when we went into the, something else, we were like, wait, check your backpack, because you can open it up and see what you have, and all of our rewards from this previous thing that we got kicked out of were there, and we were like, wait a minute, all you have to do if you get kicked out of anything you want, the quickest way to do it is just go into free play, and then once, as soon as you load in the free play, Uh, hit the middle button and then hold square to end free play once all that matters is you have to go to a reward screen and anything in your backpack that you've had which can accumulate from all these things you got disconnected from will come to you the reason I know that, saw I got on this morning, right? I stopped playing yesterday right after the Stronghold stuff happened. I had a bunch of rewards, never got to it. Uh, the lewd screen, both, I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm tired of playing. I got off. First thing I did when I logged on this morning, because Burnin messaged me, because we asked, I was like, I wonder if you go to free play, if it'll give you those rewards and if it'll work. He messaged me and said, hey, it worked. I got on this morning, hadn't played at all this day, got on the free play. As soon as I got on the free play, I hit square, exited free play, and I got all my rewards that were in my backpack. So keep that in mind if this continues to be an issue. I'm trying to find the article that I today. read
1: that, that has it because I,
0: I thought that was weird. Are you sure those aren't from what you picked up recently? No, because I hadn't played at all. That's what I was getting at. My backpack was full of stuff from the night before. As soon as I logged on, I, I went to free play.
1: I'm gonna and then I
0: exited free play and I got all my rewards. I had multiple blues, multiple greens, so I had rares, uncommons, and commons. I had 14 items, and I literally just loaded into free play. There's no way they came from free play. And you could see them in your, it's just the game will not give you the rewards, the reward until you go to a reward screen. So you will not lose these items.
1: Okay. So that might, have, maybe the person that wrote the uh, article or whatever did not realize did not read or yes. did not go that far.
0: Well, and it, we were worried about it too. And we just ended up getting lucky and noticing that you can look at your backpack and you can see the items in there. And I was like, this is weird. And I was like, so it says that it still has the rewards. It's just never gave them to me. Um, So, there is that to be said. Uh, But I've enjoyed the game a lot, and I think if you are even remotely questioning it, I like that it's four players instead of Destiny's weird limitation of three. Yeah, Um, it means
1: that more people can play.
0: Though I'm also curious, strongholds are like mini raids, and apparently there will still be raids in this game from what I understand. Um, And they're pretty interesting. You roll through and you complete certain segments of the little, there's only one in the demo. Uh, It's a mine. And you get checkpoint chest essentially when you get far enough into it a chest will come up and give you rewards uh, and there's guaranteed reward, guaranteed rewards for them as far as i can tell from the game and we didn't get to finish it because we kept getting blue screened out yesterday which was if we go to leading into the issues what happened what Saul was talking about with the being booted out and not being able to join back in sometimes the game has this thing where for some reason it loads or if you're loading after completing a mission, you'll get stuck at 95% and it will not move anymore. And you, the only way around it is to just literally go back to your home screen, close the application and restart it. Sometimes you get lucky and it'll say, we noticed you were in Expedition, do you want to rejoin it? But if it was the end of the Expedition, that doesn't happen because it's already considered it over. It's loading you to the reward screen and you don't get that. And that's why your, your items get stuck. Cause you never go to a reward screen. So your items are stuck in your backpack until you go to something else. So you can only open that your will, backpack
1: up in a, in a reward screen.
0: Well, you can only open your backpack up in a mission and you can see what's in it, but you okay. only get rewards from your backpack at a reward screen. So that's what people are not realizing is that if they go through and finish another mission and then it goes to a reward screen, they'll not only get the rewards from that mission, they'll get any rewards that they didn't get previously.
1: Yeah. I'm going to assume that the person who wrote the article is wrong because the Reddit, uh, the reddit <laughs> post that i saw I linked it is i can't find it so i'm gonna assume they deleted it
0: <laughs> must be uh but i thought that was interesting so there was there's that problem there is the problem of it blue screening a couple times uh i don't understand why it happened but it did happen to us a few times definitely and we were trying to do the stronghold i hope that's something they can figure out and again I, these are not things i expect to be in the final build or the final release that just went gold by the way um so i i have faith but I guess the final bit I'll say on that is I think me and Saul can both agree that when the game's working and not giving you issues, it's incredibly fun, and it's got a oh, really yeah. promising foundation. 100% for sure. So, um, good on them, considering that I saw an article the other day. Did you see that BioWare was saying that they, they've been making this game since before Destiny? That's Destiny 1? Yeah. That's nuts. No, I did not see that. So, Crazy. But I, yeah, I was like, man, how long have you been working on this? But if you think about it, this is a team that has not put anything out since Mass Effect Three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The Dragon Age team was separate as well. Inquisition. I'm pretty sure, they were. Yeah. And then uh, we know that the team that made uh, Mass Effect Andromeda was a different team. I think it was BioWare Austin. I can't remember. I don't want to speak off on that one. Uh, but so I'll go ahead and hop into the drop as you will, sir, and then we'll get the show moving. Sure. For those that don't know, the drop is this week's PlayStation releases across all of its platforms.
1: First up on the list, we have 8-Bit Hordes for PS4, Bombfest for PS4, Deadland VR for PSVR, Drowning for PS4 and PS Vita, Genesis Alpha 1 for PS4, Goodbye Deponia for PS4, Oops, and I accidentally went back because my, my mouse is just a, just a little <laughs> troublesome like that. Uh, the Hong Kong Massacre for PS4, Kingdom Hearts 3 for PS4, boy boy night cry for ps vita royal assault for ps4 song of memories for ps4 trainer vr for psvr and that's the last on the list so brett take us uh, into the news
0: i think we all know that of next week's games our most anticipated games deadland vr 3. yeah 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 it right. is uh salt you are you gonna pick up kingdom hearts 3 midnight or are you gonna just wait till tuesday i'm just, I'm preloading it Oh yeah, you did digital. Yeah, I'm doing all digital now. I'm not going. I knew this. Yeah, I don't know
1: why. I mean, we've had this
0: conversation a number of times.
1: But. Guaranteed. I don't even know what I work on Monday. I'm pretty sure I close anyways. But yeah, uh, guaranteed that you're gonna get home at nine, nine 9.20 or whatever, and you're gonna have like two hours with the patches, download and crap.
0: Oh, uh, mine's not. I'm not going to midnight. Mine's a collector's edition. Oh yeah, that's right. So you going. Mine be should for. be here Monday anyway. So are you taking Monday off? I don't know because it depends on. I don't want to take the day off and then the game not come in. So I'm still trying to figure that out. And I was basing it off how busy I was at work, whether I was going to take the whole week off. I don't think I have enough going on at work that I don't think it would be smart. I can, but I don't think it would be smart for me for the way that my sales position works now to take off right now. I may, what I may do is take half days. Okay. We'll see what happens. (laughs) because I want time where I'm not having to worry about Kyrie and Hannah and anything because I've already told Hannah I was like hey, I just want you to know as much as possible I'm going to be playing this game. I don't think it's weird for me to say that after all the stuff that I do I want a couple of days where all I'm worried about is this. I'll still, you know, You're definitely going to get more time than I am. Cuz I'm off on my next update's is Friday after Ooh. after tomorrow. Yeah, so you got some uh you got some time before you get around to it. Okay. Um let's see. First thing in the news then we'll go to is Something we skipped last week, and I intended to put on there, but honestly I wasn't that worried about it because I knew that it was gonna be the thing that most other gaming podcasts definitely and the big media outlets were gonna cover. And if you don't know it by now, it's not like we're giving you anything news. but I'm just gonna go ahead and throw it out there. Uh, EA canceled their Vancouver team, uh, their open world Star Wars game. Now this is a game that got transferred over to EA Vancouver uh, and was rebooted once Visceral was shut down uh, during the development of their single player Star Wars game. Uh, which had Uncharted's director Amy Hennig at the helm of and it was going to be essentially trying to be like Star Wars Uncharted um, as much as we've seen about it and been told about it that got cancelled, moved over, rebooted cancelled again, Uh, this has led to a lot of people rightfully, you know, criticizing EA for having this license and doing essentially nothing with it, outside of Battlefront 1 and 2 uh, of which Battlefront 2 had a ton of controversy around, so it's not like they and they're not story based, so they're sitting on and wasting an exclusive license. And I think that that's really interesting. There's been a number of talks that say that the deal was signed under the previous CEO or somebody in, in Activision or Activision EA. And then they left. Uh, and now the new at the new uppers don't really care, but they have it. I don't know why that's such a weird thing to think of though. Like they're not thrilled with the deal for having exclusive access to star Wars. Dude, if you have exclusive access to the star Wars video game license, Probably because they know they can't. They you know can't. how excited I would be? Well, I would think you. I, huh? If you, you had one? <laughs> I would be excited.
1: You'd be scared. When I would excited, also be scared, which I think is what they. I think they fear. I think
0: so too. But here's the thing: I think that realistically, the reason that they aren't so stoked about it is it goes against their plan that they moved into really with this generation to do less story-driven games and single-player games and do more things that are monetized and have online elements. And I think that they obviously know that most fans of Star Wars want to experience great stories set in the Star Wars universe and not just online games. So it's it, the reason I say that. I think that's the reason why is it's pretty telling that the only two Star Wars games they've released since they've had this license have been both online games. The first one was literally online only. The second one got out of the story because of backlash. And even then, it wasn't a long story. So I think it leads to the fact that if, by some grace of God, this Respawn deal that they have going on where Respawn's working on, uh, what was it? the uh, The Fallen, what, what was it called? The Star Wars game that they talked about uh, they say about 1313 or what it was called? No, the... the What is it called? The... Ch- Fallen Jedi Order? Yeah, the Jedi Order, I think is what it's called. I think it's called Fallen Jedi Order. I might be wrong. Hold on, we're going to see. I can't remember what it was called. I'll just do Respawn Star Wars and we can get it that way. Uh, But yeah, I mean, unless by some nature theirs doesn't end up... Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order is Jedi the name of the Fallen game. Fallen Order. It's just called Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, I think this is going to be one of those weird situations where... If that game gets canceled, then it's all hope is gone. No, it's not. It's hope- all, uh,
1: I'm, uh, it, no, all hope is gone. That means it's going to go to Disney,
0: and then Disney's going to make a good one. Oh, yeah. Going because what actually- will essentially happen is it'll return to Disney, and it'll happen in a way where Disney can do what they started to do with not only Spider-Man being the first example of, giving it out to people who are notable, great developers and letting them do something with it. This will be really interesting to see how it works out, but I hope that Respawn doesn't lose it because I think Respawn – does a good job with what we've seen from Titanfall 2 so far at making fun campaigns. Talk about that game released, like, what, within three days of Battlefield last year or two years ago? But, you know, that aside, is as weirdly cannibalistic as a move as that was from EA, I still think we've seen that Respawn can handle campaigns in single-player games quite well. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that that ends up being a really great game and doesn't get canceled. But the reason I think that... The reason I'm a little more worried about it is that we still not seen anything of the game Def- despite the fact that the game has a name it doesn't matter we've not seen the game in action at all right we so haven't even seen like i would assume
1: something in e3 this year
0: well yeah that's what they made it sound like so if we don't see the e3 this year uh then i think we may go ahead and start thinking that they the worst may be coming from it but that is one thing we did not cover and i'll move into the rest finally so this one's pretty interesting And the first thing i want to talk about is uh much like the european territories got their year in review for 2018 in december uh the north american users who could not access that and get the little video now can look at their stats through a new feature on the playstation website that can be accessed manually or is being sent out in emails so if you don't want to go do it yourself and just wait for the email that is a viable option it looks like most people are going to get the emails some all already are Uh, But the feature shows a number of different games played, like how how many unique games you played that year, your top three games hour-wise, number of hours played for the year, Uh, how those hours were split between not only single player and online, but also VR, which was a nice touch, I think, for people who are VR users. Longest gaming streak you had of the year, number of days in the year that you played. So I played 322 out of 365. What was was your longest gaming streak? 10 hours.
1: 18 for me. Yeah, that's
0: not as surprising as I thought. I wonder
1: I, really, I, I bet you mine was
0: Horizon I'm curious I figured that yours might be involved with well Horizon that's 2017 oh yeah
1: you're right yeah you're right
0: the reason I asked that I wonder what mine is then probably Destiny 2 where you did your little thing where you left the game up for an hour or two went and did something else well, and came back to
1: it I have, I have the shut off now so after 10 minutes my controller shuts off after 10 minutes after that the PS puts itself in rest mode
0: oh okay so it doesn't well then, who yeah. knows man 18's impressive i just have not been able to do that at all um anyway shows like i said the longest gaming streak number of days in the year you played. like we talked about prime gaming time of the week which i thought was a cool feature apparently i did really good on monday evenings uh that was where i mine mostly win- played mine
1: was wednesday during the day because i was off every wednesday
0: yeah that makes sense uh let's see Trophies earned, money saved using PS Plus, which is also an interesting one, and your monthly breakdown of all of these things. So you can see how many trophies you earned per month, how many hours you played per month, and how many games you played I got more platinum trophies
1: than you did last year.
0: How many did you get? 27. (laughs) Saw you lying. I don't have 27, but that's what it told me. I have 13. (laughs) Hold on. You're telling me you said 27? Mine said 27. That was obviously wrong.
1: It was. That's why I was just like, what is this? Did you even get a
0: platinum last year? Yeah. Last year was when I first started trophy hunting. No, it wasn't. 2017 was when you first started trophy hunting.
1: Uh, Destiny 2 Platinum, right? No, I don't know.
0: Destiny it, 2 was in September of
1: 2017. I think Destiny 2 was my last Platinum. I didn't get it in 2017, though. I don't think. Yeah, you did. The Platinum for Destiny 2? Yeah. Oh. You got it before we all quit playing. Let me go back to this real quick. I'm I to yeah. really, show you where I, I, I out-trophied you according to PlayStation.
0: Okay, that's fine. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> To shore that up uh, for users who are getting this through their email, check it out. It says at the bottom of it that there are three free themes included that you can redeem as a gift for it. I guess that's a celebration of it. Nice of them to do either way. Uh, let's see when Saul can tell me how many trophies he's got. Cause I think he's lying. Now I gotta go to the website. What was the website? Honestly, I don't remember. And cause it's, playstation.com slash 2018 slash backslash wrap up or i don't know oh, here we go i'm gonna find it
1: yeah here we go Camp, uh, playstation.com
0: slash uh campaign slash 2018 okay plus more whatever <laughs> i don't remember what it was uh, while well, saw i was trying to look at that uh western kingdom hearts fans who were lucky enough to snag a pre-order for the limited edition themed pro faced a scare and some bad luck depending on who you were as GameStop, the exclusive retailer for the system in North America, started sending emails out to unlucky customers explaining that they oversold their allotted amount which of course ensued a lot of drama and sadness from people who got this I understand it, it's happened to me this happens on limited edition consoles all the time though it is a little more interesting that this happened when GameStop is the only dealer here They're Bam the son. only <laughs> It's
1: silver trophies, I'm a dummy you are a dummy. I like looked at them like, what did I get? Twenty seven platinum. <laughs> I'm like, so I was like, okay, well my bag is twenty seven silver trophies.
0: Okay, I was about to say, I was like, man, that really just got some bad information. I don't guess I got a platinum last year because it just says nine. I didn't think you did.
1: So I really did take a break from trophy hunting. So you hopped
0: on that trophy hunt hard, and then you fell off hard. Um, but anyway, of course, uh, saw, I'm sure you saw the, the thing here. My personal experience with this type of thing is uh, the Majora's Mask new 3DS that they were doing uh, whenever they were doing Majora's Mask 3D. I pre-ordered it from Best Buy and then got it canceled. Uh, by Best Buy and they gave me a $50 gift card whereas GameStop here only offered up a $25 yeah, gift card. Yeah, what's a $25 gift card? So apparently Best Buy values their customers more. Well, see, like here's, here's what they should have done
1: and it would cost them a lot of money but it would teach them to create better inventory systems. They should have gave them a $60 gift card so they can get the game for free which was going to come with the bundle that got canceled.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean... I don't don't be wrong. I mean, the fact that they gave any extra money, they don't have to, but it's a good PR move. Oh, they don't,
1: but they're already, you know, swimming around the, the drain anyways.
0: Which is probably why they could only afford $25. Oh, uh, but you know, with true. that whole thing said, it's weird to me that they're getting all these exclusive deals and they just can't seem to do anything with them. It's so dumb. Uh, but look, really, for if this happened to you or for anybody that you know, that sucks. Uh, and it kind of makes me glad that I didn't do it, get my hopes up, and then just uh, be potentially one of the people who lost out on it. I lost mine. Would have bu- <laughs> been bummed. Um, but it's an unfortunate thing that happens. It's just, it is weird that it happened through an exclusive retailer, but alas, these are sad things that happen, uh, in the words, uh, speak, keeping up with kingdom hearts. though, uh, kingdom hearts three offers up two different performance modes. We know now on the enhanced mid gen refresh console. So if you have a one X RPS four pro players can choose from quote standard mode in quote, which offers up a better frame rate at the cost of graphics, or resolution they use the word graphics but i'm going to assume that just means a different resolution uh or stable mode offering up better graphics slash resolution at the cost of performance so from what i've seen from a lot of people this is pretty interesting because across the across the twitter sphere I've seen a lot of people talking about Kingdom Hearts 3 runs at a surprisingly solid 60 frames per second. Good, as it should. Um, so, on on pro. So, I think that because of the type of game that Kingdom Hearts is and how fast-paced it is, I am definitely going to be sticking with whatever the 60 frames per second o- option is. I don't see any reason not to. I'm not really worried about the game. I mean, the game looks phenomenal, but... Uh, A perfect example of this is Final Fantasy XV still had some jaggies and aliasing problems, even running on the enhanced version of PS4 Pro. So I'm not really worried about it looking that amazing. Game looks good enough. If it runs at 60 frames per second and looks even a fraction of a bit worse, I'm cool with that. I just want to play it at 60 frames per second.
1: I I saw something stupid on Reddit speaking of uh, Kingdom Hearts. uh, It was like, it's not a spoiler at all but somebody like you know how somebody says something dumb about a game like this is the ending of the game they say something wildly stupid that's like not the ending somebody said that's so dumb that's probably the ending (laughs) so this ends up being the ending i would be real
0: upset (laughs) but it's really dumb well we'll see what happens uh moving away from kingdom hearts and into ubisoft Far Cry: New Dawn not only looks to shape up the envi- shake up the environment and color scheme, but also the gameplay by adding RPG mechanics. Now, this is not surprising. We saw Ubisoft do this exact same thing with Ubisoft with uh, Assassin's Creed Origins uh, last, or technically two years ago now, and then Odyssey again. It looks like it's going to be something moving forward for the Assassin's Creed series. Um, this is interesting because it seems like it's saying that they're wanting to do this to a lot of their franchises which is a little more weird uh but anyway weapons will now have rarities to them meaning the enemies will have a hate loot that. system hate that
1: i don't hate it it not it's not it's not necessary for far cry
0: game. but i don't know that, it's, that that's where i was going to get at i don't know if it's necessary for far cry it's absolutely but i'm not, not. going to judge it right now because my thing is five already moved away from enough of the things that i felt like were very far cry driven so Five was already, to me, a worse game than four and three, in my opinion. So honestly, moving away from what five was doing instead of going in the same direction as five, I'm, I'm probably realistically more okay with this, definitely because of the fact they're putting it in this post-apocalyptic landscape it's almost more ripe for RPG than if they would have added all these RPG elements into five instead. You know what I mean? Right. But it's still just, eh. it is weird. So that means there will be a loot system just much like in the Assassin's Creed game. where you have to walk up to the enemies and lose them and you can get random items from that Uh, alongside the fact that enemies now have health bars. Now what's interesting about this, if we mirror that with what happens in the Assassin's Creed game, enemies got health bars, but that those health bars also show their level. So does that mean the enemies will have a level? Because if enemies have a level, <sighs> that would stand to the fact that there would be a standardized level system in the I'm game for game, your character. No.
1: I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know. I do not want a health bar above an enemy in a Far Cry game matching the I level.
0: N- I don't know. Because how different is it at that point from just playing a game like Destiny, which already shows you all these things. Is Far Cry that fluid though? Well, I, I don't maybe it is this time around. It's gonna be using the same engine Seems a like little, little modified. Seems unlikely. Yeah, the Dunya engine. Um what do you call it? Dunia. Oh, they said the Doogie Engine. I'm like, that's not, <laughs> I, that's not a real name. Uh, so anyway, I just think this, this whole thing is, is odd. I'm not going to say I hate it. If I'm going to say anything, it does at least make me more interested in the game than I originally was because of the fact that I really want to see how these things play out. But I don't n- immediately think of them as being better for the series. But like I said... I stand a little differently because I feel like five already took away some of the steps of the things I loved about the series in an effort to make it a and and obviously it worked because five sold gangbusters. It's weird to me that with five selling as well as it did that they're tampering with the formula this much. You know what I mean? So what's six going to look like I wonder? and it, it, I think it is fair to say that maybe this isn't what they're wanting to do with Far Cry as a whole but maybe it just makes sense it's within the confines to of this Dragon. game you know what I mean yeah So it's something it's like
1: akin to Blood Dragon or even the Moon Primal and DLC all this and stuff yeah. it's like
0: these are all things that are not main These are this is not considered a mainline entry and maybe because of the fact that you're going to have a bunch of other games that are fitting this style they, they're like well why not go ahead and slap in RPG mechanics we understand how they work with our within our developers so why not do it either way it's interesting so if that changes anything about new dawn for you there you go uh this is a, a funny tie-in i didn't have it in the news but rage 2 uh took some jabs as blake posted they tweeted a picture of rage 2 set that was mimicking the far cry new dawn thing where you see new dawn opinion and and it looks the two th- twins.
1: like it, you know what got me was i like staring at it for like 20 seconds i'm like there's no difference And I didn't realize what it was. I was staring at it. And the
0: fact is, is that Rage 2 we knew about before Far Cry New Dawn. Yeah. And we knew that Rage 2 had pink as a color scheme. So it it was really interesting. I think they were just taking a couple jabs about how that is. It said pink is the new rage, Rage, which is a good thing. And then, of course, on top of that, the fact that they, what got me the most is that it says Rage 2.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But that's the... I see it. No, I'm telling them. Go ahead. So they can get context am laughing at But that's to say, working harder. This new artwork for Rage Two needs more pink, and it's just a picture of pink, like like a of, of color, not like the yeah. Center.
0: It's it's just an entire block of pink. Uh, but I think what got me the most about the tweet is if you want to go see it, it's really funny. It's on it the Rage Two Twitter. Fits. It says, uh, "Is it a fidget spinner in the in the shape of the little javelin thing that you yeah, can or whatever? It it's like not a, javelin, but yeah, it looks like a fidget spinner. Um. Anyway, it just says Rage Two, new word, Don, and then like the ER is just like. Like scribbled scribble, in yeah it, it looks hilarious i just thought it was funny uh, to me i think that it goes to show that this is just them poking good fun at each other of course I w- i'm curious to see if far cry is if their twitter is going to do anything you know what i mean um but speaking of far cry new dawn where we're just on the game has gone gold ahead of its february 15th release so again if you're interested in it it's coming up quick uh, next up, Capcom announced retro skins for Leon and Claire in the new Resident Evil 2 remake that lets you play the characters in their classic Resident Evil 2 costumes from the PS1. Low poly blockiness and texture map fingers and all. I loved it. You can see Leon's hand and they're not individual. They're just one thing. With yeah, a like a diamond. It, it's great. It looks hilarious. I
1: never use stuff like that in games where they'd have them. Like, Metal Gear Solid 4 had that, where you can go back and play as Old School Snake from yep. PS1. Yep. Never, I got unlocked it, never used it. Yeah, I don't... And that thing required some hefty unlocking, to do, like or stuff to do to unlock it. I can't but, remember what it was.
0: This one's better. The DLC is free, but it's not going to be available for everybody until March 22nd. It launches with the Japanese version of the game if you have a special PSN card, um, but we're not going to get it everywhere else until March 22nd. Um, other post-launch updates were announced at the same time, such as the Ghost Survivors mode, a free update that will let players experience the game with randomized elements, Play with a variety of other characters uh, you know be it random people from throughout the game it features an in game shop that will let you spend points you earn throughout the game for enhancements that will help in this mode but no date was given on this so it's just something to look forward down the road if you want to have a reason to double dip back in after you beat it or if you want to wait to pick it up until this is there uh on the topic of resident evil rep Ra- Rep- reports reports of netflix developing an original series for the franchise in partnership with constantine films who were involved with the movies have been happening and i don't necessarily know how i feel about that i don't love or hate the movies they're just they are what they are i know a lot of people crap on mia jovovich look she makes a ton of movie it takes a, makes a ton of money making these movies that people tend to enjoy i know a lot of people who like the resident evil movie series um she's getting crap for the monster hunter movie series She's probably not going to be involved in the show, but if she is, good for her. Doesn't matter to me. I don't know that I care. Now, what I would be more interested in is to see the fact that it's in partnership with this film studio is what makes it a little more interesting to me. It's probably going to be live action. If this was them doing the same thing that we saw them do with Castlevania, where they're going into an entirely animated, if it was
1: animated, I'm all for it. Me too. Not want to see live action uh, Netflix series created by for Resident Evil. That would be worse than the movies.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right alongside you there. So who knows that? I mean, technically, I don't think Netflix has talked about it. This is just a report that some, I can't remember the name of the uh, website. I didn't mark it down, I should have. Uh, but regardless, if that comes to fruition, maybe you're excited. I don't think we are, but that is what it is. Uh, Sony's currently unnamed slash officially unannounced studio that everybody knows about in San Diego, just announced that they have hired on James Martincheck as their lead animator with him just coming off of Red Dead 2. Uh, So this was announced by the senior game designer for the new studio, Quentin Cobb. He is originally of of Naughty Dog. When asked by fans when we might get an official announcement of the studio and or what it is that they are working on, Quentin replied saying that he is entirely unsure, he doesn't know, and he can't really speak about the studio outside of that. So not surprising, but it's a little... It's weird in comparison to the new Xbox studio, The Initiative, that's scooping up a bunch of talent. One of the people they just hired was the lead level designer, uh, I'm fairly positive, for um, God of War. So... Oh, yeah, they did, actually, I I did hear about that. So it's interesting, though, that this is still a studio that we don't know any idea of what they're working on or how far along they are, but we already have a name. Yet this studio is over here, we don't know the name, we don't know exactly who works at it, but we know a lot of them, and it's pretty talented people. And it's also interesting that these things happen at the same time. You know what I mean? Now, this is the studio that a lot of people predicted was going to be carrying on the Uncharted torch, but we don't know. Right. So maybe... maybe, Well, I'm sure we're going to see some good from them. Yeah, I agree but i'm just more curious as to why we don't know anything about it yet two more things on the news though mpd numbers for last month be it december of 2018 are out and it looks like ps4's year-long streak was finally toppled over by the switch in no small part due to the ridiculous popularity of smash bros uh as well as you know strategic sales and the fact that switch is not as nearly as old as playstation uh four is or xbox is at this particular thing so you know what hey congratulations to the switch i'm glad it's doing well for nintendo it's i'm it's I don't think it's necessarily, I don't know that I agree that it should be doing this well, but it is, and it doesn't matter what I think. Consumers are obviously enjoying it, and it's putting Nintendo back in a good position. That's good information. Um, so other interesting bits that were in this show that overall hardware spending was at a highest that it's been in a decade, but so that was pretty interesting. Uh, with the PS4 and Xbox One achieving year-over-year gains at this point in the year, despite their age. This is probably due to the fact that the Xbox One X is around still a little bit longer. Uh, There's more reasons to buy the One X and the PS4 Pro has gotten more reasons throughout 2018 to buy one as well. So it seems like those mid-gen refreshes were a good push towards getting those numbers, not, well, keeping those numbers up, you know, and, and having them be literally year over year from last year. That's pretty impressive. I think arguably 2017 had just as much going on for it with the pro as 2018 did so it's even more interesting to see the the numbers that much higher um last thing on the list though playstation now sony's game streaming service for ps3 and ps4 games that you can access on ps4 or pc is expanding to more european countries this year with beta tests for these areas coming in february i included this because to me this is interesting the fact that like we had a couple of uh Weeks. I mean, I guess it's probably been a couple months back now. We had an episode talking about the fact that when you look at the numbers, PlayStation Now is actually in a better position and doing better market-wise uh, than numbers that we're seeing from Games Pass, despite the general buzz of Games Pass, at least that you can see across you know media outlets and social media is that people love Xbox Games Pass. Now, of course, that's on a console that sold you know a little more than half of what the PlayStation four is sold uh, as well as PC, though. It's not nearly as much of a value on PC. Um, It's still interesting to see though, that for a lot of reasons, people don't, there's been a lot of down talk about PlayStation now, but the fact that they're expanding it and that it's doing so well in the numbers just shows that this is a perfect example of people sharing their negative experiences so much quicker than they share their positives. Or the fact that they like something and it's also interesting to me that it shows that there's no sign of sony planning to slow down on game streaming they want to make sure that when microsoft has all this stuff going on they also have the ability right now to bring in income that's not necessarily tied to their console makes sense It, it
1: really does and that's 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 still part of like what people are also speculating in terms of game streaming what people think that um, like Nintendo down the road will actually end up being. They'll be a, a service on, on Microsoft or Sony.
0: Which console. is also weird because we're seeing Nintendo dabble with this to an extent now, not even necessarily Nintendo as much as publishers, because, okay, Resident Evil 7, you can stream Resident Evil 7 onto the Switch, but that's the only way you can play the game. Yeah. And they're doing that with other things where you stream parts of it. I thought that was an interesting idea. And it goes to show that all manufacturers are messing with the idea of streaming to some extent. Uh, But the other side of this that I guess is actually a good thing is that this goes to show that Sony making that Gaikai uh, acquisition forever back Back before the PlayStation 12 or something like that. 2011 maybe. Yeah. now, we saw that utilized in the PS4 early days. That tech is part of what makes share play possible and what makes, um, what do you call it um, on the Vita when you stream to the Vita? Cross-play, no. Uh, 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 um, airplane mode.
1: <laughs> I don't know why I can't think of what it's actually called right now. I hate now. you because now it's like, hold on, I just got to think. Of, no, 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 don't you dare Google this. I got to think of a sentence of what I'm going to use it in. <laughs> I love my Vita because of the dang that didn't work. No, I said don't use Google for this. This is something we gotta like figure out. I know people are shouting at their screen right now. Oh, I know it, but I'm just waiting, waiting to see. Man, this is like great audio podcast right here. <laughs> Man, I'm really trying to. You think.
0: know, I'm really, really mad right now that I cannot, for some reason, think of what this is and it's green it's like screen share but it's not remote play (laughs) (laughs) you can tell we're fans of playstation and the vita um anyway i think it's we already saw the tech used in those situations uh so it's not like the acquisition was completely pointless those those aren't necessarily the biggest selling points for the console uh but it just goes to show that that tech is at least being still used and not something that they bought set up put all this time into that they're just going to come back on um So that's good. I like that for them. And I think it's even more interesting to see them still trying to pioneer it because this leads me to believe that if Microsoft comes out with their streaming service uh, that they're talking about doing for phones, if Sony wanted to, not that I think that they should or that they even think they should, but if Sony wanted to at any given moment, they could potentially pivot into phone streaming if they wanted to. Um, I would, I'd be fine with that. Honestly, it just depends on how and when. Yeah, though at that point, I mean, I guess because we don't have a 4G, that really is what it comes down to. um But if you're streaming in general, you can stream on Wi-Fi. Now we have that good old 5GE. That would bum me out. That that's why we don't have. That's it would bum me out that I couldn't stream PS4 games on Vita at that point, which you can with Remote Play. But if you're gonna work on it with streaming side of things, why not just let me activate now on Vita like you used to be able to? But they took that away. Yeah. It's an interesting setup, but with that being said, I think it's time to move into the main topic of the show which stemmed from a article that I was reading earlier this week and I thought was pretty interesting. So the article was actually a, a big you know, back and forth that they had with Kojima in general. You know, Kojima's been going around and showing studios that he, he appreciates their work. He's been showing, of course, obviously, Gorilla first and foremost uh, Death Stranding because of the fact that he's using their Decima engine. Uh, and not only is he using it, he's actively co-developing it. So that's part of why I want to get into this conversation. But he's going around, he's showing it to Remedy, the people who are working on Control and made Quantum Break and uh, Max Payne originally. I wish he would show it to us not gonna happen but, but how dope would it be to have kojima in studio never gonna happen i'm not gonna say never you are gonna believe in ourselves but you know what i mean unlikely to happen um but you know the, the thing that's interesting here is that throughout this whole interview they're talking Boy, you know huh
1: i look at that armpit sweat i was wearing a jacket so everything just stayed in one spot
0: but um so the article goes into talking about Gorilla and their experience with Decima, how they've gotten bigger over time and, you know, how they're going to expand uh, like they're working on doing right now and all these things going on. And then it got to the point of what Decima was and why they were stubbornly trying to make their own engine instead of using someone else's engine. Um, and it goes all the way into it. And then it starts talking about working with Kojima. And what I thought was interesting about it, and I have the little part pulled up here and we'll kind of read from it. Uh, but, you know, they talked about the fact that, like, when Kojima announced the partnership with Sony, uh, and initially, we, me and Saul went back and looked at the video to make sure uh, that the wording that we thought was correct was correct. Uh, originally, you know, it was announced as a PlayStation 4 console exclusive, meaning that it still would have the possibility of coming to PC if needed to make up funds in case it doesn't do well for some crazy reason, or just so Kojima has control to an extent over letting the, the thing come out on PC as well to get his work more out there. Now, those that verbiage and that wording even directly from playstation youtube's video you can go find it right now if you go find the video where andrew house spoke with kojima it says underneath that he'll be partnering with sony to deliver a playstation 4 console exclusive now the side of that that's interesting is that all of that was before he went on his little tour to find uh, what engine he wanted to use because he didn't have access to his fox engine anymore and then he went to gorilla and they gave him the the code for Decima, which I did not know this at the time, but I remember that I, I never saw it named prior to that. And then randomly I had a name. Apparently they named it in, in, in like honor of giving it to him. And they named it after an Island in Japan called Dejima. And I thought that was kind of cool. It's like it was named to commemorate the fact that they were sharing it with somebody they respected as much as Kojima. And that's cool. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, with all that going on, you know, they let him use the code. He ended up liking it and deciding that's what he wanted to make his game on. But that leads us to where we are now and what they were talking about. So, one of the quotes from this article that I thought was really interesting, and it comes from uh, Vanderloo, which I think is the um, one of the head people uh, at, I can't remember exactly what he does. I think he's the technical engineer, uh, head technical engineer for Gorilla. He says, quote, we gave them the engine as a show of good Sony citizenship. They'd lost all their tech. It would have felt rude not to share, but we didn't expect to have this much chemistry with the studio from the other side of the globe, end quote. Uh, And then, you know, one of the things that we've talked about in general, uh, with uh, like I was getting into earlier is the fact that they've been literally co-developing this engine with them. So not only did they share an engine that was already great, we already saw it run Killzone Shadowfall, we saw it run Until Dawn, we saw it run Horizon. Horizon. That's what I was getting to. Oh no, yeah, sure it was. I mean, that's where I was going. <laughs> but anyway, we saw it run Horizon, which is a great use of the engine, obviously. So them sharing it with him and then him improving it on his own side for what he needs it for, but also just seeing areas where they could shore up the code to make it that much more, uh, you know, what's the wording here? Polished. Optimized and polished. Yeah, Uh, I think it, you know, one of the upsides of this and the most immediate upside is it just means that Horizon 2 that we are inevitably going to get will have a stronger code source to work from to improve more on and not only the power they'll have from the PS5 as it's most likely going to be on. it also means that while they're doing this, whenever they improve it, it improves for Kojima. Whenever Kojima improves, it improves for them. The, now, the we've talked about a little bit in the Discord before. I think you've seen me and World End discussing that it would be very interesting. If not, maybe it was in the YouTube comments, uh, that it would be very interesting to see if Kojima after this decides to stick around with Sony and, and, and increase this member. Because right now, the deal was, if I remember right, was just for one game right so and then sony was going to publish it and fund it and everything like that which is a steal for sony alone even this one game will be a steal for them but you know he had a good relationship working with sony that's part of why he decided to go with them sony saw an opportunity gave him free creative control and money backing all that great good option uh the sign of showmanship from gorilla and giving him the engine is awesome i think that he's had a good time here he's had a great experience and he didn't have he didn't have konami doing whatever they were doing during all this stuff all the which we don't quite know hands. we don't know every bit of it but we can assume that there was more tinkering than sony's doing you know right uh, and i think outside of that if you look at to me that the reason that i even kind of pondered the question of would he even consider going first party even outside of all those things is that at this point i really doubt that he wants to put this much work and effort into an engine since they're essentially co-developing it, like we say, they're putting all of this time and resources into making this engine even better for not only their game, but for everybody else. I think it would be interesting to see him want to immediately drop that again, because what what we saw when he left uh, Konami for Metal Gear Solid five is he lost access to the Fox engine. Now Sony, then this, just getting this out there. Sony could easily just come out and say, after this deal, if he wants to keep using the Decima engine, just due to the partnership that we had in general, even if he wants to make multi-platform games, he I'm can sure use it. I'm sure he'll
1: get royalties and stuff and paid for it properly. But
0: I, Or that Sony would get paid for him using it or whatever. That's what I mean. Yeah, but the point. Or I said he, I think. Yeah, you're yeah. right. But, you know, I guess where I'm getting at with that is I don't think I, that he would be so quick to want to walk away from another engine that he was, you know, had handle. No, on.
1: absolutely not in my mind because he's been working on it for so long now. And I think that this is, he's made the remarks that this feels like his baby. Like this is something that he's been working on passionately for this long. I feel like after the whole split ties with Konami thing, um, I think that this is his first passion project. And I think that it means quite a lot to him. So I would very highly doubt him wanting to move away unless it was for legal reasons again, Yeah, uh, which is of course the whole thing with Konami. So I do feel like that him keeping this engine after polishing it and optimizing it the best as he wants and utilizing it in everything he wants, including the games he wants to make. If there is ever going to be a death training too, it's really, really hard of a concept for me to think about of Kojima making a game. That's a one of when you think
0: about it, because he's always been involved with the series, always involved with the series. So he, even games that he had a hand in, like um, um, help me out here. What was it like? Mars Runner the uh, Zone of the Enders. Oh, Zone of the Enders. Zone yeah. of the Enders saw became a multi-game franchise. Uh, I mean, we saw uh, he was going to work on Silent Hills. Was there three of
1: those games or two? Two. Two. And I thought I think three was always rumored to be around at least back in the
0: yeah. PlayStation 2 games. Who knows, but I mean, you know, we're seeing it again now, but I don't know what I'm saying is that he's had hands and stuff like that. It's very rare that he puts his hand in something and then takes it out unless the only time we've seen him literally remove himself from something realistically is because he was forcefully mooted. yeah it was kind um, of a
1: forceful move on not on his decision so i, th- I think it's going to be interesting really interesting to see what is going to happen and i really am curious as to when when death stranding i honestly want to revisit this topic in a sense
0: uh in a year like when, when death stranding's out like I, not not necessarily when death stranding's out but maybe a month or so after well, what, what I mean is this: even if it's a year, wh- whatever it be, you know, some time for us to have Death Stranding. Because I'm curious to understand that Death Stranding and then understand
1: how well it's received. Somebody compared, and I hate this because these, to me, as especially as an outsider looking into both of these um, forms of media, uh, Kojima is one of the most praised developers there is, and a lot of people think for some dumb reasons there's a director like that if, if I was to name a director that's always highly praised and yet you're like some of those movies aren't that good what's the director that automatically comes to mind
0: Quentin Tarantino i mean okay not, I was,
1: not not personally for me but i'm just saying quentin but, tarantino no, but is the. I, i'm
0: with you he and he's a both, good he's a good analog to what kojima yeah is. he's they're both two sides of the same coin in
1: my opinion from yeah. the, two different medias so, quentin so, tarantino
0: is the Hideo uh, kojima of movies yeah, or, or inverse you know the inverse is true he,
1: he's the, he's a very big figurehead that comes out with these crazy adap- uh, adaptations of things that are just wild they'll put themselves in their own works yeah, does not care about anything involving opinions and, uh, you know, expressions and
0: reviews. And he of course to do the fact that to do. Kojima is heavily inspired by Quentin Tarantino. He is. We know that. Yeah. I mean, that's so been discussed.
1: It's a very, it's a very kind of, it's, it's, it's almost like when a Quentin Tarantino movie comes out, which we can kind of compare almost more freshly to, to a Kojima release in a game of reception and general negativity or positivity that comes from that. So I'm really, really curious about the general reception that's going to, flow through the airs of the game uh, as this game comes out well and I and think that part of our re- review stuff
0: okay do you have anything else before I start? no yeah go ahead I think that what your your point is interesting in the fact that like we've said before this game is so much different than anything else he's worked on and f- different from anything that we can at least from what we've seen of the game and what we hear about the game we don't see anything in this game that reminds us of another genre that currently exists necessarily. Well, we don't
1: know right now. Like, that's the crazy thing is that this game could literally be a first-person game when it goes into certain areas. Which we, is, yeah, we have no we, clue. We, we don't know what this game... It, it, it very well could be that what we've seen so far is the first hour or two of the game and then it becomes a mech fighting game in a city like Zone of the Enders.
0: We have, and we have
1: no clue. It no, could be a horror game that takes place in a house that's constantly revolving around itself. You see what I did there? PT? <laughs> it could
0: be PT. Yeah. It is um, PT. Bruce
1: Cruz is still chugging along... The ocean.
0: Well, look. My point there is that I think that all of those things are a more easy sell. Well, it's a horror game. You gotta know what you're gonna get with a horror game, even if you get fresh ideas in that. Yeah, you're gonna get then the you spooks. can go. Okay, well, it's a shooter game, or or it's a tactical military game. Okay, well, even Metal Gear Solid is cool as it is. It's like, well, you can explain it to somebody very loosely and just and know if they'll be interested in it. Right. And go, hey, right. uh, you know, d- do you like military espionage and crazy, you know, characters and what, intricate stories? What is, yeah. What
1: is the you movie know. that Solid Snake was based off of?
0: Oh, Snake Snake Pliskin was the Escape from uh, L.A. and a, escape from uh i can't remember the other escape movie escape from new york yeah, okay escape from new york is the one i'm thinking and they were essentially of. the exact same movies right. it's very interesting
1: who was the actor that played him kurt russell kurt russell that's right yep. uh so
0: yeah that's who snake was i that's the,
1: that's uh, that's, that, that's what that entire like caricature was based off of yeah and that, that was john
0: carpenter if i remember right yeah it's a very um, uh mid, in terms eight, of, mid that, to that late, was a director
1: yeah so. mid to late 80s uh <sighs> one of the john carpenter's um uh only non-horror movies He's yeah. only made like four of them, I think. Yeah, he's made a lot of horror but, movies, but, uh, a lot of them.
0: Uh, but I think where I was getting at with that is that, you know, when you look at what Death Stranding is, it's not immediately identifiable. And I think some of that's on purpose. I think that they're showing it in ways that keep it vague. But I also think it's partially because Kojima does consider this to be notably different from any existing Idea like Metagia Solid for as crazy as it gets is easily be easily summed up as just well I mean it's and it, the, besides the intricate story stuff what's the bulk of it well it's just military espionage and and action yeah and that's, and PT was like well okay well it's horror set in, in- like in,
1: demonic in, horror
0: yeah it's like so these are these are things that you can easily sum up and right now and well easily sum up and you've played enough. Games in that genre to understand at least partially what you're going to get. Doesn't mean you'll like it for guaranteed if you go to play it. You can love military stuff, play Metal Gear Solid and it not be for you. It's entirely possible. But this game right here, The closest thing from what we've seen that we can say is it may be trying to put up some very odd things under the walking simulator. And I don't mean that as a pejorative, because I know a lot of people use that word that way, but I don't. Uh, I I do think that there's something to be said about those types of games, that they tell great stories. Now, I don't think that that's what this game is, either. There's no reason for me to believe that's what this game would be, but there's also no reason for me to believe that it would be not that because we just don't know enough. Yeah, we don't so we, we
1: don't know what it could be. is. I'm with you
0: though. The reception could be so all over the place that it's weird. But I guess going back into why I think that he may not want to leave Sony, if we're really th- talking about it, is that what does he stand to gain by not being in, involved with anybody? By by being a completely independent studio, what does he stand just to gain? Just that independence. Okay. His own decision making. Exactly. But and that's where I was getting at. So most people want to be an independent company because they can decide what they want to do when they want to do it, right? Well, we already see right now that Sony's giving him carte blanche to do whatever he wants, right? We see this already. Death Stranding is an odd game. It's being being shown in a very odd way. It's being marketed in a very odd way. And all of that's purposeful Sony understands it they know what's going on Sony knows what the game is Sony bef- Sony were ready to do all this before they even necessarily knew exactly what the game was going to be apparently right. they made jokes about it Andrew House did that when they were talking about it he had a, a good idea of what the game was going to be and There's explained it to them somebody
1: said a quote like don't ask me what the game is because I don't even know
0: yeah I've seen that as and well I can't
1: remember who said that but um, somebody said that quote who worked at Sony
0: but, you know, that's what I think is funny is that we already see Sony giving him exactly what an independent studio would normally get. Yeah. Complete, complete creative control. Yep. The money to make whatever it is he wants to make, regardless of what it ends up being. You know what I mean? I, to me, as long as this game does well enough that Sony can utilize it as, well, even if it just makes money back, right? And if it's a reason that we can throw in front of people's places as to why they would choose PlayStation over the competition then it makes sense for sony to complete let to let him continue doing this uh as much as he wants to until it goes south you know what i mean uh now that's what, what is going south like, well what, what i want to say going south is when the games are coming out and they're not making up enough money but also essentially it's, it's a balance right so you don't mean a creative south No, not necessarily. Though a Creative South could lead to the fact that it's not making enough money. Yeah, It could be a a mixture. I'm talking
1: about Creative South as as the definite.
0: Yeah. Now, I don't think that. I think the way I'm kind of looking at it is that the moment that it starts being costing so much but not making enough of that back, but then still not being a amazing enough piece of creation that they can wave it in front of the faces of people who have xbox and use it as a reason to get them on the playstation and then make up the money that they lacked in, in that by getting people to either stay on playstation or come to playstation i think when you look at it in that sense they'll it makes sense to me enough that as long as the game is making enough money to either break even or make sony enough give sony enough good pr and and pushed to where people are like man this is a must play this is why you own a playstation game then there i don't see any reason why sony would take that away from him
1: see over the course of this console life we've been building a chain and every single link is very necessary to what this company is becoming so successful for and a lot of times i like a chain metaphor so i love chain (laughs) metaphors because it always works out and you could use it from anything but Yeah. yeah and and likely the way chains obviously work is that if you remove lower links in the chain obviously it's not a chain anymore. There's a break there. And then of course you don't want a broken chain. We well, want a chain that's halfway on one side, half on another. Like what Microsoft is obviously doing right now with the whole going into streaming head on right now, focusing on that is big. It's like, well, you're literally creating a divide among your play base. And I don't think it's a bad divide, but it's a divide.
0: And it, yeah, it's, that's it's, a good point. And divides aren't always, well, I'll say this. It, it stands as the, it has the potential to, to be a divide, but also there are going to be those inevitable users that do both. Right.
1: And I think that it's, it's which is it's, true of anything. It's, it's an option and it's a good option because I, I, honestly, I love options in terms of any kind of gaming, but I don't think it's a good option for streaming. I don't think there should be another option there. That's better. But anyway, I'm with you. Um, so in terms of Kojima and this, I think that everything that's been laid out in terms of a plan, they established a relationship together. They've established this, uh, almost this creative roadmap that I'm sure that he's let people know in of now, having showed the game off. Yeah. It would take almost a lot to me, at least in my mind, it would take a lot to have him leave unless something happened. As if you said, like as as if you said, I can't speak, but games going South. Mm -hmm. And then of course that would be Sony from a monetary, from a
0: monetary or creative standpoint. I mean, yeah. Though the thing about it is his games are so crazy that, I don't think that Sony would ever sever the relationship with him until after the game that when Creatively South came out, because his games are already so weird. And I don't, I'm, I'm not, I, I think Kojima's a great creator. I'm not the kind of kojima is god person i've never been that way i think he's a really great creator don't get me wrong i think it's a steal that they got him
1: yeah i'm not that person either like i love kojima he's one of my favorite creators but i don't put him on a high high pedestal compared to other game
0: but there are people that say he can do no wrong obviously he can't yeah i mean that's just
1: it's true it's it's just it's he's almost like nomura
0: is to some people i don't i don't see yeah nomura is not without fault i I love nomura a lot of faults but you know
1: (laughs) yeah but and that's the thing is that like i don't want to make it sound like i'm a kojima fanboy i love kojima that's a kind of a, a completely well, you, contradicting this statement. This is what I'll but,
0: say, because we use this talk about all the time. We are Sony fanboys. That doesn't mean that we think Sony can't screw up. Right. They can't. There, there's I mean, so many... And I think that... Uh, and, and I guess that people like to use the word fanboy as somebody who just can never see the negatives. Yes. But I think what the way I tend to use the, the word fanboy is that i see the negatives but i don't let them be a huge deterrent for me by any standard and i still mostly love i will criticize the company but it doesn't mean i'm going to step back away from them i still love them yeah and um, if somebody, if somebody makes... and i think that you can be that way with kojima right you yeah. can love kojima i'm not you somebody can, who just even blindly... when something bad happens you can go well that was just a bad thing here it's unfortunate but that doesn't mean it's what we're going to see for the rest of the days yeah i'm not um, somebody who's going to
1: blindly love something and, and make it to where Oh, you know, like, Kojima killed somebody. Oh, well, you know, he probably had a good reason. Like, no, like, he may have made a mistake, and he... Or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. it's... it's. There's a fine line between being a fanboy and being a real fanboy. Like, I'm not gonna call somebody an X-Bot. I don't
0: even honestly... I can't stand...
1: I'm not gonna call somebody an X-Bot.
0: I'm not gonna call somebody a Sony Pony. Those are two of the... Stupid words. Yeah. But look, that was creative. Where I was going at with that, and why I wanted to just throw that in there is... Because of the way that Kojima goes about making his games, I don't think that you can clearly and easily say that they are going to do poor. They are going to be received poorly and from a creative side until the game's already out in people's hands. So at worst, Sony would not sever the the relationship on their end purposely, in my opinion, until you saw the game come out and the game six months after did not have a cult following did not or or anything just it didn't hit numbers it didn't resonate well it didn't review well it didn't get a cult following it just fell flat now because of who kojima is i think every game he makes will inevitably get a cult following of people appreciating it for even in spite of its flaws Uh, but i think across the board sony has a good barometer of being able to tell when it doesn't land i just don't think it's funny i don't think you'll ever see sony do the thing that they did with like sony santa monica right where they were making their game that was before God of War. I never got a name. We never even saw it. But it was going to be like an MMO or a sci-fi shooter or something like that. We saw that game get canned because Sony could see that it was like going nowhere. Not, yeah. I don't think Kojima is as easy to see that something's going nowhere.
1: Not only that, but it's like if Death Stranding wants to launch and be a failure in Sony's eyes still would be a market success by most means i'm sure i don't i don't think that's what's well, going to sell if bad it's a market
0: success i don't think it's a. i i can't see it being a failure in sony's eyes well it could be ultimately could be they're a company activision, you know like I mean? activision
1: having 300 million or whatever and they sell. yeah but that's know, not that's realistically million. not
0: sony right so no, i'm just saying
1: i'm just in this in this example everything's possible yeah right um they're like, all right, Kojima, you got one more chance. We That's at least seven or eight more years on peril because that's how long it takes them to make a
0: good game. <laughs> or well, like a game. Yeah, we can make that joke, but, you know, actually, from the time that they announced... Uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 and Metal Gear Solid 3 were seven years apart. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not, but what I was getting at is that they announced... Um, Kojima and Sony uh, announced that they were going together in, what, 20 2015? Oh no, they're three years apart. I didn't think that they were that far apart, man. Because I was like, they, they, they it... were both PS2 games, so there's no way they it were that far apart. Ninety eight. But look, okay, December sixteenth, two thousand fifteen. No, yeah, all three years. Apart. So let's just say the Death Stranding Guts come out this year. It took them essentially four and a half years to make the game. Maybe it's four and five, which don't you know, count. or five years. Yeah. I don't. Five years is pretty normal for a new IP. Uh, so what's funny is for people who say that it takes him a long time to make a game and then he was saying that it was Koji- uh, Konami this is if this game ends up coming out and being amazing then we know that this is proof that something to do with his relationship with Konami was what was causing the issue it was seven
1: years between four and five but that doesn't count due to the nature of the sever- the severance between Konami and Kojima
0: yeah but anyway I think what's interesting about that count. if you want it to count go for it I, I, just, I get your point though he, he's on payroll for however much more longer yeah that's fine but I think what happens is still you end up at this point where I don't think Sony would worry much about the one more chance thing as they would just be like, that was a joke. Well, yeah, but I mean, let's just say he, takes,
1: he, he does take a good while to, as of to, late. to make a game. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: but I mean, I, my, my bigger thing there is that how does it become a mar How does it really become a failure? And if it does, that's the only time that Sony really decides to end the creative freedom he has. So my going all the way back to my now distant seeming point is there's no reason for him to leave Sony if he already gets every benefit that he would have gotten by being an independent, but actually having a great relationship because where i kind of even was going from the beginning of this, even though I said that Sony could just be the good guy, you know, and say, Hey, you can keep on using Decima. I don't think that they would. I think Sony's smart enough to go that we don't want our go to one of our cream of the crop engines that that has made great games in the hands of other people in the available On another console, right? It doesn't matter. It's just an engine. Yes, it can run on Xbox. There's no reason it it couldn't. But I think Sony goes, well, you know what? It's our engine. It's proprietary. We made it. We're going to make sure that we only use it to showcase PS4 games. Now, in this case, because of what happens, if Death Stranding does still end up coming out as a PC game, then we see a little bit of a thing on that. But PC is still not a direct competition in the same sense as Xbox is. So I think Sony would be far more likely to let the game come out on PC with the Decima engine than they would to be like, okay, we'll make whatever game you want to next partner with Microsoft. Microsoft will let you make the game, but we are still going to let you use Decima. It seems unlikely to me. Yeah. And I think at that point, if he gets to keep using the engine that he's put all this time and effort into that has become almost partially his baby at the same time, uh, he gets to do it with a company that lets him do whatever it is that he wants to do he has literally all the benefits of an independent studio and doesn't even have to keep up doesn't even have his own engine that he has to worry about it's technically being co-developed with him yeah. I just think that when you look at this it doesn't mean that maybe it's more of a think We don't know Kojima's mindset, right? Kojima's mindset could entirely be that, in his opinion, all he's honestly worried about is that he, after this, he needed this to get off the ground because of the position he was in. But after this, maybe he just doesn't want to have to be tied in with anybody. It doesn't matter if they're treating him good, because I'm sure that he could just
1: want all the creative freedom that they will allot him. And I do know that sometimes with certain studios that you, um, that you, when you're presenting a game.
0: Yeah, you're a business. You have, yeah, I mean, you- the job of PlayStation, and thankfully from what we see and the kind of games they make, it does seem like they have a lot more creative control given just to the people to go, you know what, make the game you want to make. We know that you're a good studio and we know that if we trust you, that you're likely to make a great game. I think Horizon is a perfect example of that. Why would you let a studio like Gorilla that's always made shooter games make a open world robot shooting you know robot games with not even guns even though guns were in it at one point my point is why would they let this game come out and give a studio the the ability to have creative control to make that if they did not if they did not just go you know what you are a good studio we have a good relationship we trust you this is your shot go we see that a lot and we see it pay off a lot that's true so i mean in my opinion i don't see any reason for Sony to ever pull away that creative control. Now on Kojima's side, I guess what I was getting at is that he may just be in the mindset of, I never want the day to come where they tell me I can't make what I want to make. And I mean, fair enough though. At that point, I, I would imagine that he only, even then, I think if I were him at that point, it would be, well stick with Sony. They've been a good partner. And until they tell me, no, then we'll end the contract. Yeah, I
1: think that when they start limiting creative freedom is realistically the next time we'll see him speak.
0: But now that's that's where this gets interesting, right? Because right now it's Kojima Productions. It's the name of the studio. It's him. It's his namesake. It's all these things. But this leads into the question that we p- first posed. There's a difference between keeping essentially a long, long time exclusivity thing. We saw Insomniac be an independent developer that made only Sony games all the way up until... Xbox One. Um, not, not not Xbox One, but it's still very late PS3 with that Fuse slash whatever the game ended up being called. Oh, uh, it may I have forgot. been called Fuse, even though it was going to be called something else yeah. originally. But that was their first time going. There was EA they partnered with. Prior to that, they were an independent studio. Who did they partner with for Sunset Drive? They partnered with Universal at first uh, for uh, Spyro, but then they went over to Sony because of the, the relationship there. So You're essentially, not it with Sunset Drive, yeah, that was Microsoft. Oh, they partnered directly with Microsoft. Yes, okay. direct. Weird. Um, so, even though I think that they partnered with them to publish it, but I don't think that Microsoft required them to own the IP. I don't. I don't remember. I don't. I'm not brushed up enough. Well, on yeah, that there
1: enough. was that weird thing like where it came to PC, so there was an option that it might come to PS4 or something. I remember we looked into it. Yeah, I don't remember what the the resolution of that was.
0: Well, what was interesting about it is who was developing or who was publishing it for PC, which, if I recall, was THQ Nordic which was interesting. Yeah. So at that point, it would show that either Microsoft licensed out the publishing rights for let them do it on PC or that, that um, Insomniac owns the rights and just found somebody who would partner with them to do it. I don't know, but I'm not going to get into that as much. Uh, maybe there was a clause that said, well, you can release it on PC if you can find a publisher, but you can't ever release it on PS4. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be spiteful. Um, but I guess at that point, you know, Would there is a difference between Insomniac being this longtime independent developer who for a very long time stuck with Sony only from Ratchet and Clank 1 all the way through Resistance 3 uh, versus them being a first party studio. Of course. Now, I guess to answer the real question is I think that it's easier on paper, obviously, to just say, well, if Death Stranding does well and everything, then this partnership will just continue to be extended and he'll never be a full-on first-party studio but he'll be given the resources of a first-party studio versus how likely do you really think it is that kojima just says you know what we're going to completely fold kojima productions into sony as a first-party fully owned and operated studio that's the hope So, so you're for it yeah that's what it sounds like and i honestly i am for it as well how likely do you think it'll be then? Because that's, I guess, I'd say a pretty high chance. And I guess we'll revisit that realistically yeah, after like, we I, see how. Yeah, well I gotta Death see how it goes. launches, which
1: is why I'm like, we should do a follow-up part two.
0: Yeah, and I think the reason that we have to kind of, you, you okay, this is you, you said something that we didn't really carry on about. What I think is interesting is the fact that realistically, the game Death Stranding is owned by Sony. The IP is owned by Sony, from what I understand. So at this point. You know, if this because that's Sony's go-to. That's what they do. They just they say we'll we'll we'll, we'll publish the game, we'll fund the game, but we own the IP, Uh, which is a smart move. Realistically, though, some people give them crap for that. Um, But you know, if they own the Death Stranding IP, even if he wants to move on to something else, if he ever wants to come back and make Death Stranding two, or if, like you said, where he he is known for making series, if this is meant to be more than just one game then he's going to have to stick with Sony realistically to get it going anyway. Um, yeah. So at that point, yeah, it's easy to think that this will keep going, but I guess I, I am still curious if it, if it goes really well, the game sells well received, well, Sony is just happy with him over the moon. And then Sony says, Kojima. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. That'd be crazy. If Sony comes to Kojima productions or Kojima himself and says, look, we want to offer to buy the studio. Holy. And part of this is going to be that you have our word or maybe even, I don't really know to be dead honest with you, how legal stuff works. If there's any way ever that he can, that they can uh, by law, say it, it would be a little, un- it'd be foolish to honestly, but if Sony like just came to him and said, no, we're going to buy your studio out first, you know, outright. And with that, we're going to promise you, that as long as we are in the as long as we as a business are in good standing and can afford to just give you carte blanche on what you want to do we will always do so you will Sounds have full like creative made, Konami may have said back in the day and that's the question is that you know it's hard to imagine that the Konami Kojima experience is always that bad right he couldn't right, have, no yeah it, had, it, couldn't, it have wasn't. Been,
1: um, couldn't have been it, it wasn't that's the thing so maybe if Sony came up and said that to him he'd be like start glossy eyed." I've the heard splash, that before like flashbacks yeah I
0: have knob <laughs> flashbacks but Well, I guess I've said all i said. Yeah, I think uh, that's about all I had to say. But I do think it's interesting. I guess I'll lean on the side of, if I had to say, is it possible? I'm literally going to say it's a 50-50 right now. I think that... I'm going to say 70. We'll hear even more, I imagine, from Kojima. He's been pretty dang open about the experience i think he's been very transparent and it sounds like he's enjoying working with sony and sony's enjoying working with him so if that's how it's going to be and we continue to hear that even after the game launches and comes out and then is received and everything the chances just go up from there that it's a potential i mean that's a potential always stays kind of in the wither but i really think that I, I, my my reiterating my point is that there's no reason for him not to. But right. at the same time, the biggest counter argument that I can think of, and I do think, is also likely to be what happens, is that they just continuously extend this partnership because he may, in his mind, say, "Well, even if they're giving me all this, then why is there any reason to be owned by them?"
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I guess why don't you guys let us know what you think? Uh, do you think yeah. he's going to go full time with Sony? Do you think Death Training will come to PC? Yeah. Do you think? Uh, and do you think it'll be good? And uh, let us know in the comments, Discord, and Twitter. Speaking of Discord, I want to make a quick shout out to everybody in there. I have disabled the at everyone tag. I feel like people are using it in stupid ways. People will tag at everybody for a picture meme or something. Like, don't you're you're like literally notifying seventy five people's phones right now over a meme. We're not going to do that anymore. So that tag has been completely removed. If you need uh, an announcement for everybody to hear, realistically uh, or, or like for real, contact me, Brett. We'll uh, either make it for you if you want, or we'll allow it for that one time. So yeah, but, we'll
0: figure something out based off of those. But that's actually a good point. I didn't know that's what you were doing over there. Yeah, but was, that is a sensible it, thing.
1: Yes, I was so. sick of waking up at three a.m. to a because I only have once I only have when I'm tagged as an actual alert come through. Yeah, I've got you
0: okay well i think that's all we said so yeah let us know your thoughts about this all uh, in the comments below or in any area you can find us be it twitter facebook discord or if you want to track us down and knock on my front door and talk to me about it then i'll be creeped uh-huh. out and i'll yeah, call you, the cops you, on you so you, don't do yeah, that you can
1: do that to brett not me
0: though uh anyway this has been triangle Square. thank you so much thank you guys thanks to our patrons chad v Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Mikey 12, My Name is Dan, Douglas Below, Sean Santarude, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Blake Popst, Eduardo Palomino. We appreciate the support from all of you, and if you would like to support us, our Patreon is in the link below. Thank you.